0: Hello everybody, this is Dr. Diana Wiley and I'm your host of Love, Lust and Laughter. I'm gonna be doing a pre-Valentine's Day show with a focus on senior sex. And that's because my guest, Michael Jonas, the uh, head of Time for Two, TWO, the founder and the CEO, along with his wife. Uh, I've known Michael for Thirty plus years did you know that Michael? we've been in touch a long time It's we've amazing been on show a long time
1: yeah it's amazing I'm only twenty eight years old. How did we do that? <laughs> I know
0: <laughs> well anyway we're we're both we're we're both in our seventies we have to admit that Michael, and sexually active, so who better to talk to than Uh, somebody who is sexually active in their 70s for a show that's gonna focus on senior sex. And it's a pre-Valentine's Day show, but you know, when we think about it, the fundamentals of lovemaking, that would be kissing and cuddling and whole body massage, oral sex, novelty and fantasy can be great at any age. So if you're listening to this and you're not in your 70s, or if you're not even a senior, yet at all like over 50 um please keep listening because we have some wisdom with all this experience wouldn't you agree michael um i know what works for us (laughs) yes yes and 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 that's um i we're going to talk more about your time for two toward the end of the show because you offer so many things to keep the spark alive and that's what we're so many are after um but time for two is um your website two and um your most perhaps your most famous game that that i recommended in my book and michael castleman recommended in his book many other books an enchanting evening can you just tell us briefly about an enchanting evening and then it'll help form your credentials for this show, Michael.
1: Sure. Um, Many moons ago, Barbara and I had a disagreement. Uh, I'd like to think that was the only one we've ever had, but that's not true. Um, I was going out of town on a business trip, coming back New Year's Eve afternoon or evening. We don't go out usually New Year's Eve. I came home, Barbara uh, invited me to meet her in the living room at, I think it was 7.30. She had totally transformed the room with candlelight and things to eat and drink, and she had put together this little cardboard display of a game that she thought of, and asked me if I wanted to play. And I may be dumb, but I'm not that dumb. Um, <laughs> I, I said absolutely, and it was wonderful. We, it, it, what she had done was put together questions, and I want to call them instructions. They're really suggestions. Um, All positive, things we find attractive about each other, things we are looking forward to sharing, uh, things we already know we enjoy physically uh, or are open to exploring. And it was just a magical evening. Um, We lent the game after depersonalizing it to um, Barbara's brother and his wife, and they absolutely loved it. We went out. Put it together. We raised some capital. We had a game designed, and that was around 900,000 hard copies of games ago. Um, and that led to a conversation game called To Know You Better. Uh, people wrote back to us about an enchanting evening and how much they enjoyed the game and how they loved that it was positive and relationship reinforcing and sexy. Um, And then said, what about doing a game like that, of that um, focus, uh, just conversational? And we did. And then later, other games came. uh, Romantic Sensations, which is about romance and the senses. Uh, fan, uh, Fan the Flames, which is romance and fantasy. Um, So all these things are all kind of focused on taking a couple, any couple at any stage of their relationship and finding ways for them to uh, communicate positively, play positively. It's just about having fun. We're not therapists. Barbara and I are not therapists. Um, We're not big on the advice uh, side of the equation but we like the idea that couples need to take a breath every now and then and concentrate and focus on what
0: they love and like about each other. So that's a little bit about Time for Two. And toward the end of the show, we'll talk a little bit more about Time for Two. Time for Two, TWO.com. I have recommended... Your game. I've done workshops where you remember some years ago, Michael. I ordered a whole bunch of yep. games to for my workshop in Barbados. Actually, it was. And um, yes, we noticed we noticed that you ordered the games, but we didn't. We just we were waiting patiently for the airline
1: tickets. They never- uh, I know.
0: How about when I lived in Hawaii? You were waiting then too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and um, and I have. Uh, Many years ago, I remember visiting you and Barbara with now my late husband, Charlie, and in, in your when you lived in San Francisco and now you're living in Arizona. But um, I, I'm just so glad to know you, Michael and Barbara, and you're just such creative, uh, sexy for seniors, <laughs> role models.
1: Oh my god I am not sure I can carry that bag around. Oh but yeah you yes, do. we we have we have been we've been thrilled with our relationship with you and 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 being able to share you know conversations that are open and honest and actually just fun to have um we live in such guarded times and we are so acculturated now to talking in texts and sound bites that it's just conversation real conversation uh is becoming a lost art i'm afraid
0: yeah i'm afraid it has too and and i've i i'm going to quote you from sometime in the past and it is texting is not touching or texting uh is not hugging <laughs> text texting and
1: tweeting's not touching, touching. and talking
0: See, I didn't. Do, so let's repeat that one more time so I can be sure and get it right.
1: OK, so texting and tweeting's not talking and touching.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people don't know that, especially younger people.
1: Well, it's you know, it's it's a matter of um, one, cultural convenience and two, you know, what your compatriots, what one's compatriots are doing. So you're mm-hmm. sort of fitting into the appropriate milieu But I think it's nice uh, sometimes to reflect on things that have already been done that were successful and replicating them. So, you know, I know in my case uh, and I know in Barbara's case, my parents had a um, a very intense long term marriage. Barbara's parents were um, even though they later got divorced, they remained intensely close friends. Um, and so we look I look back on that and say those people all had very satisfying relationships because they stayed connected to people they loved. Um, so that's a role model and And I think you know Barbara and I took that value and internalized it.
0: You know how fortunate we are um, because I had uh parents who uh, really loved each other, were affectionate. And uh, loved us, my sister and me, and then later my brother. Um, and it, it was quite wonderful to ha- to have so much love and affection, and which resulted in secure attachments. So that sets you up for better odds of, of maintaining a, um, um, a physical intimacy as you uh, go along in, in the relationship with your partner. Yes. And um, so let's get into some of the nuts and bolts of um senior sex uh and you you talk you talk to seniors and I agree with all of this um and I think it's really true because I've been a gerontologist since the early nineties when uh Dr Walter Bortz and I did some studies, two different studies on aging and sexuality, which were later published in medical journals. So I got to call myself a gerontologist ever since the <laughs> early 90s. And um, so I'm very interested. So that was a long time ago when I was much younger. And now I'm I'm definitely older in my 70s. And um, I'm well, you glad.
1: Studied, you, you studied as a gerontologist and I are one.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, that's right. I are one now. And it's it's prepared me well. So let's talk about, let's start with talking about four points. Um, first is a spontaneity is overrated. We're going to talk about each one of these. Take your sure. time, accept, then adapt, be active, not passive. So let's talk about spontaneity being overrated. And this will prepare a lot of people for Valentine's Day coming up or for any kind of date night and that would be a date night you can set that up it's intentional sex. What do you think are some of the advantages of having sex on the calendar?
1: Well, one would be it's a psychological it's it's an extension of psychological foreplay. So, rather than rather than looking at that, as an obligation, uh you look at it as a tease, as a come on, as an enticement, um and planning having special evenings, you can ensure that it's your private time, you've set aside other things, the phone can be turned off, uh people are not going to intrude in your life um it's it's it makes it you can you can by doing that date nights can give you that kind of intense experience because you can focus on it. If you wait for the right moment, as it were, um, makes the odds even more challenging that both you and your partner are going to be, quote, in that mood at the same time, in the same location. Um, so I Barbara and I are big 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 believers in date nights and using it, as a way to extend the experience, not um, and not just to extend the experience, I think that that would be a better way to say it.
0: I agree with you, and um it's sort of a myth that uh, people will suddenly feel, especially older people, well any age, really, but this uh, suddenly they'll be struck with passion and run to the partner with arms open and uh, you know, let's get it on. That just doesn't happen very much with uh, two syndromes going on. TTFS, too tired for sex, and this may be especially true of older people. And the other one is TTFS, which is a syndrome too. Uh, I said that one already, TTFS, D-I-N-S is the second one, double income, no sex. Well, for seniors, <laughs> that's a little, it's a little less common for seniors but they may not have the the energy so we have to conserve energy and make some adjustments which is leads us to the second one which is take your time slow down touch more massage um you know it's uh, it's so true that um we have more time as as older people and more inclination to savor the parts of our lives that are emotionally meaningful. And um, good sex and old age often need some reimagining. I think one, one of the things that,
1: that when, when you and I spoke the other day, one of the things that occurred to me afterwards was the idea that um, the changes over time in body and, 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 and psyche Uh, As we age, gives us an opportunity, and you use the phrase reimagine, but to also think out of the process, out of the norm for your relationship, meaning that now I'm not going to be able, I'm not going to be able or even want to do some of the things I did X number of years ago. And that change um, kind of pushes us to think new things and new experiences. and act very sexy i mean most people would say the the sex killer is repetition boredom predictability so adapting to changing circumstances is a way of addressing and moving all those challenges out of the picture uh,
0: indeed and um i think that also the older people are aware i know this is really true for me and for brian my husband We have an awareness that time is running out. We have less time in front of us than we have behind us. And actually it can make the intimacy feel more sacred. Yes, sacred. This is a very, you know, this kind of intimacy that's physical and emotional intimacy all combined. Um, We, you know, just make the most of every moment, carpe diem damn it <laughs> well and it's not it's not just yeah, it's that yeah. it it's, there's, there's a certain
1: piquancy that comes with that sense of um, you know more behind us than ahead of us and yes and being in the moment now not planning for some other moment but being in the being in the present the the very you know zen experience of this instance not some instance yet to happen or one that's past so I, you know, I think I think I completely agree with your observation about it's not a slowing, well, it's 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 only a slowing down in the sense of savoring, not in the sense of stopping time. It's you're just, you know, sipping the wine instead of gulping it.
0: Oh, I like that. That's really a very good analogy. Savoring. Sipping instead of gulping. <laughs> <laughs> And, and uh th- that is so true um and it it leads us to um decide to be a little more creative um with um more outer course outer course uh is lots of different things outer course i like i like that i like
1: that expression outer course that's
0: yeah i like that it's everything but penetrative sex, really. It's everything but intercourse, and and we'll we'll as we go along, we'll we'll give some more examples. Um. So the, the next point I want to make is accept, then adapt, and um, you know, you have to to make an adjust. Have you have to make adjustments because your body is different. Um, we a lot of people have body anxiety as they age. And, uh, and of course, to minimize these anxieties, we need to obviously uh, keep staying as good health as we can and be fit. I read an article in yesterday's paper that uh, some, some studies that began uh, during the pandemic uh, and have gone on shows that a lot of older people have become much less active. Right. I Barbara and I saw that. We saw yeah. that or saw something comparable to that. Yes. yes. Yeah, I think it was from the New York Times. Uh, it was I read it in the Seattle Times, my paper. But um, and it's really, you know, it's a really strong thing. Use it or lose it. Um, so uh, I'm lucky because um, I swim and I've been swimming for 50 years. and And there is an indoor pool where I live. So that's lucky. And that's really good exercise and easy on the joints. And and then I walk and then there's also, you know, the QB, this is a stationary on the floor thing that's um, uh, that you pedal, you've probably seen it advertised, the QB. And um, so that also gives you exercise and you can do it, sit and move your feet on it. um, And and read a book or watch TV or whatever but it does keep people ha- use it or lose it people have to stay active
1: well i think you know all the all the materials that we've read over the years about sexuality being um self perpetuating meaning mm-hmm. exactly what you're saying that, that if you if, if you stop if you stop being sexual or you slow down being sexual or you become far more intermittent Begin to lose the edge and the desire, and it becomes a self-defeating but self-fulfilling in in a, in a in a not positive way. So yeah, I'm finding it's and date nights fit into this because they they allow you to block out that time and make that experience happen in a way that's the most pleasing. So whether it's preparing food or music or the environment or playing a game or dressing or taking out your favorite toys or buying new toys that you've never tried before um all of those are reinforcing uh the sexual experience that encourages one to keep doing it um I'm a big believer in in uh, Barbara and I both are big believers in that and use it or lose it is a kind of a shorthand but it it pretty much sums it up I think
0: well it 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 does and um you know, the new toys, uh, trying new things gets gets the dopamine going. And um, that's dopamine is the hormone of arousal, but it needs novelty. And it can help so much with ongoing activities if you get some dopamine going. And um, so that's, that's important and trying new things. You can be creative and try new things with uh, it, which actually leads me to the, another point, which is to be active, not passive. And um, uh, and I'm also uh, thinking, uh, before I talk about that though, I, I'm remembering what Masters and Johnson found in their studies back in the 50s and 60s, um, that people that had good sex in their youth have a much better chance of having good sex when, when you're a senior citizen. Um, And it's, you sort of have a, you have a, you know how important it has been for you. And so you, you want it again. And then um, there's a midlife switch that uh, happens. And that's, Women uh, become more assertive and men become more romantic. And, and I'm generalizing a little bit, but um, most midlife women are involved with their careers and avocations, and it makes them more self sufficient and, in turn, more assertive about what they want sexually. They can say what they want, they know their own bodies, they're not shy about their eroticism. Midlife men and beyond, they have some men have a drop in testosterone and uh, for other reasons too they may need more romance and nurturing and of course many of these men have retired so they can kind of slow down and be more romantic
1: well having not retired um and not having any plans to retire or having really any motivation to retire that's right uh, my concern my concern my concern would be um you know, slowing down, um, it depends on what's slowing down, I guess. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, if if I think I think it's my experience has been that the more you're challenged, the more you're stimulated intellectually and physically, uh, the more stimulus you look for and enjoy. And so uh, I'm not sure what slowing down means, but I know it doesn't mean that. Uh, That's right.
0: It means, I'm talking about slowing down sexually, really caressing and massaging and paying attention. You mentioned mindfulness, being in the moment, all of these things are so important for any age. Um, And women particularly, maybe it's because we females have um, a bigger corpus callosum, the connecting tissue between the right and left hemispheres of the brain. And so, we tend to multitask and especially when we start doing that, if we have a baby, if we're having sex, we also have to be able to hear the baby cry. But so many women are multitasking way when this baby has gone through college and graduate school already, perhaps. They're still, <laughs> right. You're still multitasking. So being in the moment, um, You know, in a Zen meditation, they'd say, quiet the monkeys that are trying to distract you, the monkey mind, right? Quiet them down and come back to center and really feel the moment and breathing. And it can make all the difference in the world, no matter your age. Yeah, I just said, I think
1: that part of aging Is being able to see, get that, is to be able to take that and and put it in in perspective. Um, And to go back to your point about being conscious of what time is available in the future or what time isn't available, um, is all part of that same uh, experience of of being in the moment because these moments are so valuable. We don't wanna waste them, we don't wanna throw them away. I would like to share one more thought on the be active and not passive, the ability to ask for what you want uh, in the way of being pleasured. Um, And I think one of the wonderful things that I I read this years ago, um, it was too young, I think, to really appreciate it. And I don't mean to be ageistic in saying that, but with age, the ability with age in a comfortable and, and meaningful relationship, You get to a point where you can um, kind of put your ego in a drawer. Mm -hmm, Yes. I'm sorry.
0: Go on. Go on. I think that's very, and that's right on. I agree, but go on, Michael.
1: No, that you can, you can, you can, you you remove egos from the experience. So for men, it's getting around um, and not being concerned about a, a, you know, performance anxiety. For women, it might be, are they as seductive as they once were or do they look the way they would like to look? Um, and, and by getting your ego out of that experience, you get to be able to more deeply enjoy the relationship and your partner. Um, and so, for example, being able to ask for something that pleases you, instead of that being implicitly a criticism of your partner, because she or he didn't know to do that. You actually get what you want, and they get the, the excitement and satisfaction of doing something for you that they know is pleasurable. Um, so ego ego is a great romance killer. Um, and I think the, the, the less ego connected we are, the more likely we are to be passionate and, um, and playful lovers.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. And it, so it's about putting things in perspective and being in the moment. And, um, uh, you know, my, uh, I, I put this in my book, Love in the Time of Corona, because it delights me that my husband says, and we, we quoted him in the book, um, worship your woman and the goddess will reward you. He puts my pleasure first, and a lot of older men do that. They put their partner's pleasure first. Now that doesn't that require suspending your ego too? Uh, I think there are some narcissistic men who are mostly interested in being told what fabulous lovers they are, and some of these really narcissistic men aren't even that interested in cunnilingus, going down on a woman orally, because uh, it's not, it's more about their pleasure, not the woman's pleasure. I'm generalizing a little bit, but, but, uh, um, it's so important to put your partner's pleasure first. And especially if you're a man, because the woman often has a little more trouble reaching orgasm. And so if you put her pleasure first and lots of touching and lots of outer course, lots of oral sex and all of that, you're it's, you're going to have a much better chance of having a really good sexual experience. What do you think about putting the the woman's pleasure first? I agree, but yeah. I I would
1: add I'm i 100 percent. Yeah, but I would add a test that that I think uh, one can men can measure their um, sexual partnership quotient. In direct proportion to how comfortable they are with their partner's vibrator collection.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you brought that
1: up. Yes, go on. <laughs> the more the more comfortable a man is, and this is this is an heterosexual relationship, but it would apply it would apply to uh, to gay and lesbian sex as well. The yes. more comfortable you are with your partner enjoying. Uh, let's say, uh, uh, not let's say, the more comfortable you are with enjoying uh, uh, being, the more comfortable you are with your partner enjoying using vibrators and toys, Mm -hmm. the better lover you are. Um, I 200% think that that's a valid measuring, um, a valid way to measure one's sexual partnership quotient, if you will. Um, And I know for a lot of men in particular, um, they find that whole idea of their partner using a vibrator uh, disturbing because it's like, well, wait a second, that's my role or I'm threatened by it. Or, you know, what if she ends up falling more in love with the vibrator than with me? Um, so it's a matter of self-confidence. It's a matter of knowing your partner. It's a matter of sharing the pleasure together. I think it's very exciting to be able to, um, enjoy your partner's enjoyment, whether you are specifically doing this manually or orally, uh, but just enjoying your partner's being pleasured um and mm-hmm. so that goes back to the ego it goes back to self confidence it goes back to the nature relationship taking time all these threads that you're discussing Diana are all in my mind interconnected they all come together no pun intended
0: <laughs> yeah they all come together <laughs> i i uh, i agree with you and um uh they're they they're just sex can be so magnificent and um it can take you to a, a, another place uh and it for an older person if, if you're having orgasms and just enjoying it to the max um it's a kind of a high that you can't have any other way and for an older person you can feel so alive so alive and sometimes that's a very good feeling when you know we begin to have problems with body joints and and uh joints including maybe the penis <laughs> <laughs> you know the the old guy who said uh, this is a joke supposedly a joke in my youth let's see how does how does this joke go i, I have to think about it before i say it and club the, the <laughs> final line that's not good <laughs> you want a drum um, roll first he said no yeah a drum roll first he said in my youth I had um, four uh, limber joints and one stiff one. Now, as an old man, I've got one uh, limber or soft joint (laughs) and four stiff ones (laughs) with arms and legs. And so some men are having trouble with uh, erectile dysfunction and I want to go back to what you said about the toys. It's a wonderful way to bring women pleasure, including if the man doesn't have an erection strong enough to uh, for intercourse or penetration, or or loses his erection too soon. These dildo sex toys can be wonderful, uh, or stimulating the clitoris and um, with 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 your mouth or whatever, and then putting a dildo in the woman into her vagina. Um, there are lots of creative ways you can use uh, sex toys. And I've talked about this, I think just even in my last show two weeks ago with Dr. Lori Buckley, we talked about the clit suckers. These are new.
1: Right. Um, I've seen that.
0: Yeah. And um, it, I have one that's becoming fast. fastest becoming my favorite sex toy. It's just amazing <laughs> how, how deep the wow. penetration how deep the vibrations can go and then my darling lover my husband has learned how to put the i call it i call it the hoover because it sucks (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) to use the hoover on me and combine it with other things either you know alternating with his licking or penetrative uh sex anyway there are lots of ways you can the, the creative, loving, giving male partner who's also knowledgeable and confident because the confident man won't be threatened by the sex toy. He he knows that it's just another way for to have pleasure. And sometimes it's an essential way to have pleasure for some women. When I worked at, UC, this is now 15 years ago, UCLA's Female Sexual Medicine Center Uh, I had uh, just give you one example. Um, I had a woman, a client who was in her forties and a practicing Catholic. And she was the only way she could reach orgasm was to lie on her stomach on the carpet and rock. And it was like, look, ma, no hands, because that's what she was taught in the Catholic church, that it's a sin to masturbate. And actually masturbation is the way you get to know your body, especially as a younger person so that you can reach orgasm. But anyway, her line on her stomach and rocking brought her to orgasm, but it's not really partner compatible. <laughs> so right. Right. so, so um, I suggested that she get a vibrator and spend some solo time uh, finding out her, her own arousal patterns and the ways that she could best reach orgasm. And then the more orgasms you have as a woman, certainly as a man too, but women are the ones that have a little more trouble with orgasms many times. Um, The more orgasms you have, the more likely you're going to have more. Your body kind of gets tuned in. And, uh, And then if you learn how to use a vibrator and have an orgasm, you can do some show and tell with your partner. Now, if you're an older couple, you may be less embarrassed about this than some younger couples to show the other how you masturbate. It's such a private activity, or you can do mutual masturbation. He masturbates himself, she masturbates herself, maybe with a sex toy, he can see how she uses it. And so it's educational and guess what, arousing too. Right, That's and that's
1: not in my, I, I think what makes that kind of mutual shared experience um possible is taking the ego out of this taking yes. being threatened out of the equation mm-hmm. um, i would jokingly say um, you know here's a vibrator start without me and i'll catch up
0: uh, <laughs> that's good i like that
1: <laughs> so yeah but but for many couples um it depends on what they've been raised on you know if they've mm-hmm. been raised on um uh, you know, in a, in a in an environment that's been sexually repressive, or where sexual expressiveness is not encouraged, it's going to be harder to get to that place. And um, so, so the kind of work you do, and the kind of writing you do, and the outreach you do is is wonderful in helping couples think, "Hey, wait a second, there's nothing wrong with what I'm fantasizing about, or that it's really good." to be encouraged, to fantasize. One of the things that we've gotten from people with our games is the being encouraged to be more expressive because the cards made me say this, or the cards invited me to do this. Um, I just remember years ago getting uh, a a letter from a couple, and um, it was from the, the, the woman in the relationship. It was a heterosexual relationship. And uh, she just wrote. She absolutely loved the game because it made it gave my husband permission to be romantic um, oh, in a way that he like might it. not. Yeah, in a way that he might not more. He might not spontaneously be. Uh, and so, whether it's a game or whether it's uh, going away for a weekend someplace you haven't been before or using toys, all this novelty, all this new stuff, all this exploring is all part of that same cluster of experiences. And all of it ends up mostly in a good place in a really good place.
0: It absolutely does. And I remember going back some years that at Valentine's Day, you often had um, contracts or agreements with hotels that would have your game and enchanting evening in the room as part of the Valentine's package with champagne and chocolate covered strawberries. And it helped a couple
1: there there are there there are still inns and B and hotels that do that with our games.
0: That's great. That's no, they're great. gonna
1: they're gonna have to hurry because we are about to um we've stopped really selling hard copy games. Um the market is I mean I you don't wanna talk about business and, and, and no, I do.
0: I, I want you to I want you to talk about that because that has been a real shift. We're, you know in my show notes, I'll send people to timefor2.com and what will they find there because you're going okay. more digital so let's let's talk about that some
1: so there, there are two things going on with time for two. One is we're no longer well, we have some inventory left, but're we're not, we're not ordering new inventory yeah. for, a, for a, a myriad of reasons um, but we do sell uh, four downloadables. Uh, These are inexpensive, single play. You buy it, download it, print it, and play it. There are two dating conversation games and there are two intimate romantic games. Uh, And right now, what we're beginning to do is finish up the development of a digital portal with two channels. Romance intimacy is one channel of games or cluster of games that will be able to play digitally interactively. And then the other channel is um, conversation, dating conversation games. And those channels and the games within them are going to be uh, based on content from our whole collection of games and our book. And and we actually have games that we wrote that we never got around to producing. So all of that will be, that's where we're going with time for two. So we're going to move out of hard copy and into the, into a digital world, but in a way that makes the digital experience part of the, that integrates the digital experience into the relationship that doesn't separate It's not, it's, it's, this isn't like tweeting. This isn't like Instagram. uh, This is something you share with your partner in real time.
0: I can see now we're moving away well maybe not because certainly people in their 70s widowed or divorced usually uh, are are dating but I think anybody out on a date no matter their age could find that very convenient because right on their smartphone they can bring up the, um, the conversational games for for dating and yep. so, and this can take the the anxiety I mean there are plenty of Oh, I'm thinking, you know, I live in Seattle. There are lots of um, uh, people, uh, uh, men who are software engineers. We have a lot of them because Amazon is here and Microsoft. And it's a lot of these guys are quite introverted and they just don't always have the words. They have some anxiety on a date. And so having some questions right on the smartphone could be wonderful. And to acknowledge it. Oh, let's check in. I need a little help right now. And by the way, the guy being vulnerable with the woman, often that gets her attention. She likes that, but he can, I need a little help. Let me check in with time for two here and get some inspiration, right? Well, what we've done,
1: what we've done, and we've been doing it for years, is we've been taking these experiences and making them into a game format. Um, yeah. With an end result, with, with an enchanting evening, um, you're playing for your partner's choice of an activity to share at the end of the game. For uh, With our flagship dating game called To Know You Better, you're playing for a date that the loser, so to speak, uh, has to arrange for the winner. There's a menu of possible suggestive dates, but there are also an opportunity for your partner to be creative about what that date will be. So it's the, it you play for and the anticipation of a second or third date. Um, so there's a game objective and then a game process. Um, so it's not just pick a card and answer it. There's something going on for both of you um, continuously through the whole game experience.
0: Can you um, give our listeners um, one or two of the cards that might be appropriate for any age. Uh, some of the questions. Um,
1: well, one of, uh, I guess one of my, my one of my favorites is it might be um, uh, it might be a picnic in the woods. It might be a sunset on a beach. Describe a magic moment that you've shared with your partner. Um, or the future is filled with hopes and dreams. Uh, what three things do you wish your partner will experience in the next year A uh, future looking? Um, and then, you know, there's lots. One of the reasons why I think our games have been successful as intimate vehicles is the, the, they're not di- the, the physical play of the games, what you do physically, is not directed. You're invited. And one of the things we've done, besides trying to inject a lot of humor into this, something like sex and laughter, um, is um, ambiguity. So you're not being told, touch this, do this, lick this. There's plenty of those kind of games out there. This is all invitational. And you then put your relationship with your partner into that experience. And I think people respond to that because one, it draws them out. And it also avoids putting them in a position where they're asked or suggested to do something that might not be comfortable for them. Um, And games are fun. I mean, the idea behind this is fun. It shouldn't be a painful experience of self-revelation. It should be, oh, wow, this was we really enjoyed this. Yes. That's our focus.
0: I've had so many of my clients over the years uh, actually get the game, your game, an enchanting evening. Uh, and I just, they've had breakthrough experiences, um, with not only communication because it did inspire them to talk, uh, and be more vulnerable and more open, but also to have better sex because they got aroused doing this. Um, and, and it just, it made all the difference, um. Well, I, I will share two, to you know, we have, we have literally, literally tens of thousands
1: of letters and cards from people that have played our games over the years, but a couple of them really stand out. And, um, there was one common thread that we got, uh, from people writing to us repeatedly. We would hear things like, does anybody finish this game? Um and, Ah,
0: uh, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> and, and and our answer, of course, is no, it, you don't have to worry about finishing the game. <laughs> and the, second, the second was uh, a couple uh, from the Midwest. This goes back, it's got to be 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago, wrote to us that uh, with an enchanting evening, for example, in the packaging of the game, there's a whole uh, uh, kind of a robust list of suggestions for, having an enchanting evening, you know, doing things that you're setting up things beforehand and being comfortable, you know, dressed comfortably in music and candlelight and, and whatever is appropriately romantic in, in any one relationship and doing that ahead of time to go to your date night. And one couple wrote uh, four Saturdays in a row. They took our advice about setting up a romantic evening, got so turned on, they never got to the game.
0: And <laughs> yes.
1: I Barbara and I still talk about that card. It's just uh you know, and I think a lot of people I think that's the advantage of what you started this conversation with, talking about date nights and planning. yeah, advantage is that if you're doing that um then your that sexual experience is lasting for days or even longer. it's not just when you have the physical experience, it's the whole mental foreplay that precedes it
0: the mental foreplay and uh oh so many women that i've talked to over the 40 years i've been doing this work um say there just isn't enough foreplay and that and set and setting is so important in terms of the foreplay and massage and all of that um, women need um somewhere around 17 to 20 minutes of touching and foreplay, many women need this, this much time, uh, before they can reach orgasm. So it's, it's very important for, and her, also for her to feel really cared for and, uh, feel that her, her lover is, um, uh, a good lover and good, and he cares about her body and, and, and touches her tenderly. Right. And, yeah. Can be, These long term lovers can be hot and warm. And uh, I just, I do, I do want to bring up well, it's a study that was done uh, 15 years ago, maybe. No, not that long, 12 years ago. It compared new and long term lovers and it showed brain activity in the dopamine reward regions of both. But the older couples also had activity in the areas. Rich in oxytocin and serotonin. And so the older couples had activity in these areas oxytocin, serotonin, and these chemicals are associated with well being and attachment. Right. So both groups were flying high on dopamine. Those in long term loving relationships were also floating, well, shall we say, in a warm bath. Of bonding
1: of bonding I think you know, i i i i you know, I think Barbara and I are far more in love now than we've ever been, and, yes, and you know, even when we're even if we're not being sexually physical or right. we've, had, we've had we've had experiences where we've had a date night, and we'll meet in the living room to have a drink. And sit and talk for the next two hours.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Because you've been married a long time. (laughs) Well, let's see.
1: Let's see. Next month will be 58 years.
0: 58 years. Wow. And how many years ago were you featured in People Magazine as the most romantic couple? That was a while ago. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a, um, um, a stereo album of Bobby Darren. I'm sure part of your audience will appreciate Bobby Darren. Live at the Copacabana in New York, and I'm sure they'll appreciate that as well, in which a woman yells out a um, a, a song she wants him to sing and he says, uh, lady, you're going back further than I care to remember.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: And I don't, I. Um, oh my gosh, I guess it was in the People, the People Magazine experience must have been in the 90s, um, but Barbara and I, Barbara and I, uh, as you probably remember, Barbara and I launched our first game in 1981. So this is our 41st year of um, selling, you know, creating these games and uh, and marketing them and getting responses. We're still getting responses from players, and we're hoping with the digital products we'll reach a much broader market much more interactive uh, and we have the ability to adapt and adjust the games as people comment and make suggestions and share their experiences so digital the digital world gives us that kind of flexibility that our hard copy world doesn't um and barbara and i are still working together I mean, we love it we've worked together off and on our entire working lives um and um That's not something I necessarily recommend for couples because it's a different (laughs) kind of challenge, Um, but it worked for us. And so to be successful, I think it's a matter of finding the it's finding the appropriate modality for any relationship. And and what Barbara and I do may not work for a lot of other couples. What they do may or may may not work for us. But all these bits and pieces can be played with, uh, um, um, adjusted and enjoyed. And so Barbara and I are one day, you know, we we still enjoy sharing all this with, and we still enjoy the games being shared. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I know I'm waxing a little bit uh, no. uh, ethereal here, but.
0: No, Michael, wax away. Wax away. It is so inspiring to hear you talk about your many years with your bride, Barbara and how you have created these games together, you work together. I suspect there's a real synergy in your collaboration that um, you're even more creative together with the games by coming brainstorming and coming up with ideas together. Don't you think? think there's a synergistic effect?
1: Yes. Not only, not, not only, yes, very much so. One of the things, one of the breakthrough experiences we had, and this goes back a long, long time ago, was to recognize we have um, we have different work styles and different uh, work processes, uh, and we had to figure out a way to give each other permission to do that separately, meaning. Uh, Barbara tends to be very detailed, very focused. Uh, I often have to go in and tell her, to get up and walk around. She gets so intense. Uh, I work in bursts, uh, mulling things over, and then stuff just pops out, kind of like where did that come from kind of a thought. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to give each other permission in a sense, not articulated as such, but give each other permission to, um, to be different. Uh, and uh, to accept that difference. And that allowed us to be more creative as well. So we didn't we weren't as critical of each other's ideas. We were more open to hearing them, even when we didn't disagree with them, ultimately.
0: Well, I think uh, that you two have formed a really extraordinary relationship. Um, and the fact that you can sit and talk when you've been married as long as you have have some drinks and talk for just a couple of hours and then go ahead and create and create these games and the questions. It's wonderful. As we age, we so need to feel that we're still relevant and contributing. And, and that's why uh, just like you and Barbara, no intentions to uh, retire. Uh, Brian and I, no intentions to retire. We want to con- still contribute like and we are contributing, and you and Barbara are contributing um so that's why I say if you do to other people that don't have uh professions that they can still do and and make them even better um I think uh that we need to think about um. Now, I just lost my train of thought that happens when you're older, too. Oh, God. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, <laughs> actually, actually, it happens a
1: lot when you're younger. <laughs> you just don't get as concerned about it.
0: OK, maybe maybe that's it. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's, you know, when when to talk to successfully age Um, yeah, what I was going to say was, I say to some people who have retired, don't completely retire, redirect your energies. Right. And that's what I wanted to say. Redirect, (laughs) redirect, stay engaged, stay involved because, um, some people retire and if they're not involved with other things and they haven't been looking out for their health and their fitness, they often die soon after they retire.
1: Yeah, they. I think boredom. I think. I think boredom would. I. I would be. I would be. Um, that I think I would be concerned if I were were to be. I think I'd be concerned if I had to say to someone else, "I'm bored." Mm-hmm. I think that would be. I think not just intellectually defeating. I think sexually it would be. It would be. A, a suppression of sexual interest and desire, intellectual interest. Um, I I can't imagine what that would be like to to wake up in the morning and say I don't really give a damn about the day, or I'm not looking forward to something. So.
0: It's it's uh, it's a killer. <laughs> it's it, it's it's really it's a killer literally because if you're bored and. And and that's been a problem with the uh, pandemic. Um, people are people, uh, let's, let's shift this conversation just a little bit, but it's related. Um, people that are not well differentiated couples that are not well differentiated with the pandemic have had too much time together. And, and they're also not moving, as we said earlier. And, um, you know, they just, they, they uh, are, they, yes, they're bored with each other and they haven't, they need to do something new. So I think if they go to, to, I think we're we're almost at the end of the show. So I want to tell people, remind people, and I'll put it in the show notes, to go to time for two, T-W-O.com, to get some new ideas because boredom is huge. It's just huge. And there's the music. Michael Jonas, thank you so much.
1: Oh I'm my happy. gosh,
0: well, this is a treat. Thank you
1: for, for inviting me to join you.
0: You are so welcome and uh, I just enjoyed it and we'll have you back, of course. Um, and I like it because you have a great, one of the things I like about you and appreciate about you, Michael, is you, you approach life with a sense of humor. And uh, and either that, either that, or sit in the corner and cry. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Laughter is the best medicine in so many ways, and that's one of the things I so appreciate about my marriage, and I bet you do too, with Barbara. I do. Lots of laughter. Okay, we got to sign off. We'll have you back, Michael. Thank you again. All right. Thank you very
1: much. You stay safe.
0: You. uh, You too. All right. Bye, bye, everybody.
1: Telefonerai,
0: probabilmente a me tuo schiavo d'amore.